Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lawmaster Program. The AVB's predictions regarding the coming of the Lord God are fulfilled in the man, Tommy L. Hart. This is big, big news. The Bible's Lord God has come as predicted. But not only has the Lord God come, he has also come forward and revealed himself. He has told the people his name in compliance with Psalm 94, 1 and John 7, 4. Having performed the works that the Bible ascribes to God, the man Tommy L. Hart feels the bill for God. It is reported by those who know him best. He has done all things well. Let's hear from the Lord God, Tommy L. Hart. The likeness and the image. What is the image and what is the likeness? That is, what, that is our problem. That is what we would deal deal with in this episode. Okay, now it ha- this episode has to do with building. It has to do with image building. Uh, very complex issue, but I think I've made it very understandable. I've made it clear. I have clarified the issue. First, I'll read some statements from the King James Bible. Then I will go back and deal with each one. Now, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let us make man. That's been a question that theologians have entertained. Uh, The let us. Who is and what is this us? Does it mean that there were others with the Lord? Uh, Anyway, that's what it says. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. That statement sets forth things which will be dealt with in this episode, such as what does the us consist of? What is this us? What is the man? Let us make man. Is that talking about human beings? Is that talking about humankind? Then there's the word image. That pops up in the statement. We will deal with that. Then on to the term likeness. We'll deal with that likeness. What is that likeness? What is that image? What or who is that man? And who is this us referring to? Let us, who and what is this us referring to? So that's the first statement. Then we have Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. That sounds like a conclusion. 
a conclusion. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Now, just on sight, it seems rather twisted, twisting words to me. That's what it may seem like to some others. But what do these things mean? What can we gather from these two statements? Now, notice this. It's all about, it has to do with God. Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. Now, the question arises, did God have help? Or did he do it alone? Are we talking about something that in these two statements are we talking about something that has already been done, or are these statements talking about something and speaking to something that will or shall be done at some future date? Uh, I've never heard anyone speak on this these statements uh, in reference to another date. I've always heard people people speak on them uh, in the past tense. The conclusionary statement is written in the past tense, so God created man in his own image. But when did, when did this specific creation occur? And what are the elements involved in this creation of this man, this image, this likeness. What is the likeness? What is the image? Mm, did God have help in creating? Because he said, let us make man. Many questions. I intend to give some answers. All right. Do we want to get the meaning of these things? Now, there's also the statement in Genesis chapter 5, verse 3, which says, uh, and begat a son in his own image. That's the important part in, 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 in that uh, Bible verse. And begot a son in his own likeness after his own image. So there we have those two words again, likeness and image. What is going on? Now, I must identify some terms here. I mean, uh, give the meaning of some terms here. The first is likeness, as in the statement or the uh, phrase, after our likeness. So what does likeness mean? What is the definition of likeness here? Webster Dictionary told me, that in its number one definition, 
It says for likeness. It says copy. Portrait. Portrait. Okay. Now the question here is, where is the likeness? And if likeness refers to a copy or portrait, what? Where is this copy or portrait? Uh, likeness also means agreement or correspondence in details. So we, we're talking about now a portrait and details. Likeness implies a closer correspondence than similarity. Okay, and I'll stop there. But Webster has given us that information. For likeness, copy, portrait, uh, agreement, or correspondence in details. All of these things are important. And a closer correspondence, there's a close, closer correspondence than similarity. So we move on now to the word image. What is our definition for image? Webster again says for image, exact likeness. Notice that. Exact likeness, as in God created man. This is what the example Webster gives. God created man in his own image. Exact likeness. Also for image, Webster has told me, a tangible or visible representation. Hmm. We get other words here, tangible, visible, representation. So, now you you have to stay with me and you have to listen. Listen, all right? So, also for image, Webster says, a vivid or graphic representation or description. So now we have all these words, graphic or vivid representation, description, uh, tangible, visible representation, exact likeness. All of those have to do with the term image. And for likeness, again, now notice that, exact likeness, uh, likeness, that's under the term image. But when we get to the term likeness, it says copy, portrait, agreement or correspondence in details. All right. All of this information is important. Uh, I think there's a lot of details coming out from me. All right. Thus far, bringing attention to these statements, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image, uh, in the image of God created he him, um, and begot a son in his own likeness after his own image. Then again, here's the statement, Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, saying, God created man in the likeness 
of God made he him. Now, all of these terms are important, but most important are the terms likeness, representation, well, likeness and image. But all of these other definitions and all are very important in our understanding when the Bible says likeness and image. All right. Uh, so now let's get to some explaining. Now, I have, I'll save that for later, I believe. I'll save that for later when I get to it. Let us make man in our image. In that statement there, I see an invitation. It is an invitation to, okay, God is extending this invitation to someone else. And he says in the invitation, let us make man. Let us. How will we make him? We will make him in our image. Again, where is the image? We need an image. That's what this statement is calling for. It's calling for an image. God says, let us make man in our image. So we must know what this our image is and who is God talking to when he says, let us make man. Remember, that's an invitation to someone. That's asking someone to help in this making, in this creation of this man. Help me, if you will, God says. I need help. Remember, I think I said at the beginning, this has to do with image building. So God is asking for help in this statement with regard to building an image. There must be an image. Remember in the term, let's see, image, uh, one of the meanings, a tangible or visible representation. Now, when you read the Bible, the King James Bible, do you see this image? Because God has said, let us make man in our image. Do you see the image when you read? Or has your preacher shown you the image as he produced for you this image what God is talking about? The thing must be real, okay? The question there again, what is truth? What is truth regarding this let us make man in our image after our likeness? There, an image must be produced. Else the statement is just fiction and has really 
it, it is insignificant if, if this statement is not speaking about something that is real and something that can be done, something that God is calling for to be done. It must be real, people. Right? The question is, what is truth? Now, so we've learned thus far, I've said thus far, that Genesis one twenty six, the statement I read, is an invitation to someone to help in the building what God calls an image. Okay? And then he says he includes the helper. He says, let us make man in our, not just his image, but our. He's really including this individual in his plea for help. He's including the individual. God is not trying to take credit for everything. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, really including and inclusive of the one he's calling upon to help him in this great undertaking. Okay? Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, let me read that statement like this. Let us make man in our tangible, visible representation. That's a definition for image. Right? Let me read that again. Let us make man in our tangible, visible representation. Tangible. You know what tangible means. You know what visible means. Okay? So, again, where is it? Where is this tangible, visible representation? Where is this graphic representation or description? Let us make man. Now, yes, it'll be a lot of me saying the same thing, repeating, okay? All right? Because I'm trying to show you something in these things. Now, hold on for one moment. Okay. Now, so I read that one. Let us make man in our tangible, visible representation. Keyword there again. After likeness and after image, representation that is visible and tangible. But when you read the Bible, do you see this visual, visible and tangible representation or image? if you will. Do you see it? It's a yes or no question. You either see it or you do not see it. I know you see the words, let us make man, ba ba ba. I know you see the words, but do you see what the words are speaking of? A tangible, visible representation. Do you see that when you read? Or has your preacher shown it to you? What that tangible, visible 
representation is. Remember, the Bible says, get wisdom, get knowledge, get understanding. It didn't say just read words. All right, let's move on. Now, we dealt with Genesis 1.26. Let's move on to Genesis 1.27 then. Okay, I didn't finish 1.26. Let us make man in our own tangible, visible representation after our copy or portrait. There we go. We're getting somewhere now. We're getting somewhere. Get that again. The, the statement written says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. When we understand the word, the terms used there, image and likeness, we, we see that it's saying, let us make man in our tangible, visible representation uh, after our portrait. You got it? After our portrait. I choose to use the word portrait rather than copy. Now, I've also called this copy in past episodes. I've also used, I, I use the term duplicate, exact duplicate. Remember when I spoke about G31? Remember that? I was speaking on the duplicate, which is, which is a portrait. Because I've used terms such as duplicate, portrait, uh, form. I've used the term uh, word picture, portrait. Yes, I've used those terms before. So now we're coming back to some of them. So let me read it one more time, and I'll move on. Let us make man in our tangible, visible representation after our portrait. Wow. So, Genesis 1.27 says, so, sounds like a conclusion to me, so God created man in his own tangible, visible representation or image. So God created man in his own image, in his own tangible, vis uh, visible representation, in his own exact likeness. And remember, God has called upon someone to help him, to assist him in doing this. All right? Now, we're getting somewhere because we're breaking down words. We're coming down to earth, okay? Someone said, where the rubber meets the road. Okay, so God created man in his own tangible, visible representation. Uh, this is Genesis one twenty-seven. In the image of God created he him. In the tangible, visible representation of God, get that tangible, visible representation of God, created he him. Now let me say this. The statements which I'm dealing with, we have to ask the question, is each of these statements true? Because it may be false. So we have to examine closely 
a minute uh, examination, a minute analysis of terms and all. We have to understand the precise thing that is being spoken of. So God created man in his own tangible, visible representation. Um, Now, I have this down here further on my page. Let's look at it like this to understand statement one, and we may understand statement two from it as well. The statement one says, statement one is Genesis one twenty six. It says, listen to this closely. Let us make man as a participant in our image corresponding to our likeness or corresponding to our portrait. Let me read it like this. Let us make man as a participant in our tangible, visible representation corresponding to our likeness or to our portrait. And these things are true. I mean, I haven't said everything yet, but I'm just seeing that these things are so true and so real. Then we can say, let us cause man. Listen, remember, God invited the man to do something to help him. Let us make man. That's an invitation. Okay. Uh, let us cause man to participate in our image. I said earlier, we're talking about, they are talking about, God is talking about image building. Let us cause man to participate in our image. And we'll see how that is so true. Now, let's move on. Romans 8, verse 29. For whom he, God, did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Bingo. Bingo. Bingo three times. We got something. The image has to do with the Son of God. The Son of God is to respond, is to correspond with or to the image that they're building. And who's to help? Who is there to help build, help God in building this image? Okay, you don't read with, uh, you don't see the image when you read. So the Son of God shows you the image. The Son of God puts the pieces. He assembles the different parts of the of the image. He puts the image together where you can see the image. The invitation was to the Son of God. Let us, let us make man in our uh, tangible, visible representation. The representation is the image, all right? 
And who shows the image? The son shows the people the image. So let's get this clear. Those two statements, Genesis one twenty six and Genesis one twenty seven, refer to something that is to be done. It refers to a future work and not a past work as is taught in Christianity. Let me say that again. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, in the statement I read, and Genesis 1, verse 27, in the statement which I read, those two statements speak of a future building, a future building, not something that had already been done in the past. Because in order for the son to do anything, the son would have to first come. Don't let anybody tell you the son had already come and he's come again now. The son had to first come in order to assist God, well, first in order to see the invitation and assist God in the great undertaking of image building. And the image is the image that is built is reflective of the son. Okay, the statement that I read earlier, uh, something having to do with conform to, okay, for whom he did foreknow. Who did God foreknow? He foreknew the Son. Remember, God, and you know who I'm talking about when I say God. I've told you that many times, so you know I'm not talking about it. You know, you know, you know what is going. You know what I'm speaking of. Okay, there are the episodes right there in Law Master Archives to refresh your memory. All right. For whom he, God, did foreknow, he also did predestinate. The son was predestinated. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. The son conforms to the image. And I've spoken on that. How that, take for instance, the head of the image. The head of the image is made up of statements, many statements. But each of those statements has been performed, carried out, done by the Son of God. You know who the Son of God is, too, because I've told you. All right? The Son. Well, I say that again right now. The Son of God is found to be the man, Tommy L. Hart, who has shown you the image. He showed you the head. He showed you, showed you the torso. And he showed you the two legs of the image, a big head, an even larger torso, and two strong legs, the left leg of questions and commandments and the right leg of truth. That's the image. That's the image. And I've read the things constituting the head, the things constituting the torso, and the things constituting the left leg, and the things constituting the right leg. I've read off those those things to you. And all of those things have been done by and fulfilled by the Son of God, who is found to be the man, Tommy L. Hart, who has performed all those things. 
So when the statement says, let us make man, we now know who the us is. The us is a reference to God and his son. And I've spoken on the son and I've spoken on the father. It's a reference to the father and the son. But this is amazing right here, what I said just a few moments ago. Wow. So much is going through my head right now, so let me move on. Okay, it's amazing, though. It's amazing that to find out that these two Genesis statements, which I read to you, that they have to do with, they had to do with a future work and performance that has now been fulfilled by the man, Tommy L. Hart. That's amazing. That is amazing. And so we see the statement in uh, Genesis 5, 3, which says, and begot a son in his own likeness. That's talking about the father begetting a son in his own portrait. In the portrait that he and the son are created. The son helped the father in his creation of the image. The son put all the elements uh, involving having to do with the image, the sun put all those elements together. Because the image must be seen. Remember, definition of image, a tangible or visible representation. We now have that tangible, visible representation. And when we speak of the likeness, remember the term uh, in the definition for likeness, portrait, we have now that portrait. We have now that image, that great image, which I spoke about probably during the last two or three broadcasts, episodes, that great image. Now, all the elements that would constitute that great image, the father provided. But it was the son's devoir to put those elements together and present them to the people where the people can see them. Because an image, it says, is a tangible or visible, and we can see the image, uh, you know, that I'll present it, a tangible or visible representation, which, is the, which, which refers to the image. And we have the portrait. Likeness, definition, portrait, we have the portrait. The portrait of the what? We have the portrait that is the image. That's amazing. That what preachers, so-called Christian preachers, you know, Christian preachers teach in the past tense, as in these two Genesis statements which I presented, uh, Genesis one twenty six and Genesis one twenty seven, uh, they they both refer to something that had to be accomplished and was called to be accomplished uh, 
at a later date. And they have now been accomplished through the man and by the man, Tommy L. Hart, who is found to be the son of God who was uh, predestinated. And he conforms, the man Tommy L. Hart in his works conforms to the image. His works are in agreement with the works that are shown in the image. It's so real. So what was the task in the two statements? What task uh, came out of those two statements? Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. What was the task that was to come out of that or that came out of that, those two statements? The task was for the son to produce the likeness and show the image. And the son, the man, Tommy L. Hart, has done just that. He has produced the likeness, which is the portrait of the image, and uh, and he has shown the people the image, the visible representation of the son of God. Okay. This is this is wonderful. Let me see here so I can finish up. Okay, now back to the statement Romans eight twenty nine. For whom he did know for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be to be conformed to the image of his son. We now have that image. And the word conform here means to uh, to bring into harmony or accord, which I just said my works are in accord with the works shown in the image. Conform means to be similar or identical to. My works are identical to the works called for in the image. Conform means to be obedient or compliant to. All right, to be obedient or compliant. Remember the torso where you have the commandments, all those commandments that I read, and the man, Tommy L. Hart, has fulfilled, he has carried out all of those commandments. That's what that's what this that's what these things are talking about. To be obedient or compliant, the Son of God is found to be com- obedient. The Son of God, Tommy L. Hart, is found to be obedient to the will of the Father. You're talking about understanding Bible content. You listen to the episodes and all. Oh, what understanding you have of Bible content. Serious listening to. You don't have to try to figure anything out because I tell you. You know? You don't, there's nothing to figure out. I tell you everything. I tell you, okay? But you need to become familiar with the information. You should become familiar with the information. 
should become familiar with the information and you should teach the information just like I'm, I'm doing. Okay? Yes. Now, Daniel 3.25, I said, I've read it before. The form of the fourth is like the Son of God. All of these words, form, uh, word, picture, image, and all of those words are related. The form is the image of God. I left out the the form of the, I left out of the fourth because that's that's not important. What is true in the statement is the form of the the form is like the Son of God. That's what's important in Daniel three twenty five there. The form is like the Son of God. The representation, the image, the portrait, it's like the Son of God. And the Son of God is like those things in the, uh, making up the, the uh, portrait. The Son of God is like those things making up the image, the great image. Wow. First Samuel 19, verse 16 says, Behold, there was an image. Did you get that? Let me read that again. First Samuel 19, verse 16 says, Behold, there was an image. And you have that image now. You have that image. Lawnassa Archives, you have it. Uh, take knowledge of the image. Uh, uh, learn of the image. Learn of it. Be able to explain the image. And all these things that I'm, you know, giving you. This is wonderful. I'm pretty sure I probably missed some stuff here on the page, but uh, I've given you the important points. You know where the image comes from. The image. Two people, two individuals uh, are involved in this image building. They are the Lord God, all caps, and the man, Tommy L. Hart, who is found to be the son of God, the son of Lord, all caps, the son of the Bible's father. God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Now you know that God created God and the Son of God. Okay, God created the image. That's what it's talking about here. Okay? Okay, let's let's say God created the man. Now, who's the man being spoken of in these statements? It is the Son of God. So God created the Son of God um, in his own image. But did God do it? God created the image. The Father created the image, and the Son showed forth the image. The son put the pieces together 
in this great task of image building, the son put the pieces that the father had given together to show in, or, in order to put the image on display. That's what has happened. That's what has happened. So the us, let us, is a reference to Lord Allcaps, who is also called the Father. And the other one, the other is the Son of God, who is found to be the man, Tommy Hart. So let me read it like this before I end. Let us, the Father and the Son, make the image. Okay? Because that's what has happened. The sun is made in the image. <laughs> the sun is made. He conforms to the image. Let me put it like that, as the Bible says. The sun is found to conform to the image uh, that has been built by the sun, but it's the father who created the elements making up the the, the the elements of which the image is made. The father created the the uh, components or the the component parts. Okay, the father created the component parts. The son put those parts together at where all could see the image. So that's the image that is spoken about that I've been talking about for a little while and talked about in the, in this episode. That's the image that is spoken about in in Genesis one twenty six and Genesis one twenty seven and uh Genesis five verse three and the likeness which is spoken about in Genesis five verse one. The likeness is the portrait and the image these is two ways of saying this, speaking about the same thing. The portrait is the image, okay? The portrait and the image spoken of, as I have spoken tonight, are one and the same. If I'm speaking of the image, I'm speaking of the portrait, and if I'm speaking of the portrait, I'm speaking of the image. And the likeness, which is the portrait, and the image, which is the visible representation. Listen to the episode again, and I'll read the last statement again. First Samuel 19, verse 16, Behold, there was an image. And another one of the beauty of this episode is here, that uh, the father, the us has been identified, the father and the son. And the other thing is, that these two Genesis statements, 126 and Genesis 127, spoke of something that was to be done at a future date, a later date. And now it has been done by the Lord God, Tommy L. Hart, who is found to be the Son of God as well. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Always make Long Island Archives your dwelling place Go to Lawmaster. Go to Amazon.com. I ask you, and order from my list of books there. Uh, the series is called The Prodigy, but right now there are twenty 
two products making up that series. Uh, it's 11 books, but each of the 11 books, each is in e-book and paperback form, giving us a total of 11 of uh, 22 products on Amazon.com. Join me next time.